What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Sweat Local Podcast, brought to you by Movement Strength. Sorry that I sound like I'm choking, <laughs> because I was just choking on some water. I am here with the great Annalise. Can I say your full name? Yeah, I, yeah, say the full name. Annalise Bruton Joe. How you doing? Not bad. Thanks, Th- Isaac. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, if you guys have never heard a podcast with Annalise, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to want to slow down the podcast to about 0.5 speed. Whatever. <laughs> no, you're going to want to keep up. <laughs> uh, we have a, a fun little topic today. I don't know like what I want to call it, but... Oh, actually, no. Yes, I do. Uh, nutrition myths. Yeah, that's what you want to call it. Dun, this is where we put that music like... Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, I know that before we... I was actually recording all along, so I can throw this stuff in there, but... Um, before we officially went on the air, if that's what we want to call this, um, you were a little hesitant about like, ah, this might like ruffle some feathers and be controversial, but this is your opinion. I think it's important. Is it your opinion or this is just science? See, I could already tell. (laughs) Okay. This is the thing with, I think anything to do with nutrition and the literature and the science and opinions. Um, so Yes, I can look at the literature and kind of the consensus amongst dietitians because like that's what my degree's in, so that's kind of where I get all these ideas. But in the end, even the research isn't perfect. There's even different ways you can look at the literature. So like even though I think it's based on some pretty sound opinions from my program and from the science, it's still just someone's opinion. Someone else could also interpret literature in different ways or think that any research I'm reading is garbage. So in the end, it is. Is just my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Well, so disclaimer. <laughs> disclaimer. But just looking at the topics that you've kind of sent me for things to go over, um, I mean, I don't, I don't really see much on here that is going to ruffle that many feathers. I think there's potential. There's potential. People have things they really believe in, and I think that is very fair because I think a lot of these things I believed in before I got my degree and understood kind of how to look at scientific papers um, and also a lot of things I really wanted to believe in. So I think a lot of these things sound really nice. Maybe you've been doing them for so long, and it's kind of hard to hear that it might not be as legit as you think. Sure. So, yeah. There's some on here, one in particular that I'm excited to talk about because I know my wife is all about them. So. Oh no, okay, then I won't talk about it. <laughs> no, 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 you <laughs> no, have I to. Don't want to. You have no, to. No, if it's gonna, if it's gonna. No, 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 it's good. Upset uh, Kate, I won't do it. It's uh, her birthday too, we can't. It is, but this won't come out on her birthday, so it's okay. okay. Don't worry about it. Um, so do you want me to read over these bits that you've talked about or do you want to? You know what, you should probably read them just so it seems like going back and forth and uh, okay. <laughs> you know, okay. like seems like spontaneous, like I didn't research this and oh, I yeah, just sorry. have this knowledge. Yeah, yeah, no, you didn't research these. No I'm way. just wondering. Um, okay, so... <laughs> first point here is uh you know certain foods that make you gain slash lose weight yes so i think this is a huge misconception which could cover kind of a lot of little misconceptions so the idea that a certain food is bad and will make you gain weight um and that a certain food is good and will help you lose weight so people have this idea that like when you want to lose fat or lose weight that you have to cut out some things like, you know, wine or dessert or bread or carbs or fat, certain things like that. Um, And I think that just comes down to an overall misunderstanding of calories, really. So it's not that certain foods will make you gain weight. It's not that fat will make you gain weight. Um, Even things like wine will make you gain weight, cheese will make you gain weight, dairy will make you gain weight, carbs will make you gain weight. It's just that an overall excess of calories will make you gain weight. So I think it's very similar to just like money. So if you want to save money, it's just overall the money you're taking in versus the money you're spending. Kind of same thing with eating and calories and food. It's just the overall excess of eating calories versus how much you're burning. So like if you wanted to save money, you wouldn't think, well, spending money on shoes is what does it that makes you broke or spending money on coffee makes you broke. So I want to save money. So I'm going to cut out spending money on shoes or cut out spending money on coffee. You would just look at your overall spending versus your overall saving. Same thing with calories. It's not a certain food. It's just everything overall in excess. So that kind of covers carbs, fat, all that stuff. That's that's a good, uh, that's a good analogy. Right? I think so. So it's just overall, it's just numbers really. So 
pretty much what you're saying are calories are king. Yes. Now, I mean, I don't know if it's on here, but we can go back and forth on this because then you have people that are like, okay, well, if I'm counting macros, there's the way that we work with our clients to count macros. Yeah. Then there's a lot of other things you see out there where it's like my macros are just filled with wine, cake, beer. Like, so if, if we're saying that it's just about calories. Yes. Are those people still going to get jacked? So this is the thing. In theory, if your calories are the same and say you're getting enough protein, then yes, you can make your overall diet of wine and beer and cake um, add up to, you know, some certain amount of calories that's going to be less than you're burning. And theoretically, you could lose weight on that. But then you have to kind of look at the calorie density of those things. So those things are going to have quite a lot of calories, not fill you up at all. Um, also just probably give you tons of deficiencies if you're only eating that. So like you can do it. However, you'd probably end up with a lot of deficiencies. And since the overall calorie density um, and the likelihood to overeat on those things is so high, it's going to be so hard and feel like you're eating nothing if you eat those things versus if you eat whole foods, um, healthy things, those things are going to fill you up and make sticking to a calorie deficit easier. And I think that goes with kind of any diet that works. It just makes sticking to a calorie deficit easier. Mm -hmm. So, but there's still benefits to eating whole foods. Like you said, like making sure you're not malnourished, that you're still getting all the nutrients you need, all the fiber you need. Like that stuff is primarily going to come from whole foods. Yes, absolutely. And I think those are also two slightly different things. So in terms of weight loss, it is really just about calories, but in terms of things like your energy levels, what your skin is like, yeah. um, how you feel, how satiated you are, how long you live, um, all those things obviously are much more than just calories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, I like just talking to one of your clients, I was talking to Maria the other day, and uh, one of the biggest benefits she's received from working with us, particularly working with you, is this whole idea of sticking with whole foods as even if like you are just trying to focus on lose weight or tone up, for example, yes, you could do that by just following a calorie deficit and being you know, aware of what you're eating. But if you are eating whole foods, that is something that's sustainable long-term. Whereas if you are just doing this crazy diet where, yeah, you are eating cake and wine, but like you're freaking hungry all the time at the end of this, whatever it is, you're going to like, you're going to rebound hard. Oh and just yeah. Binge. Terrible. Cause you're going to feel so hungry because exactly. everything you're eating is going to be so small. And you're also like, after you eat, like if you were going to stick to a calorie deficit and eat like cake and beer and stuff, it would be like such a tease. Like you'd have like a tiny little slice yeah. of cake and have to cut yourself off. You'd just feel starving. You'd want to overeat all the time. You would not be full and you'd feel terrible. Yeah. So, yeah. It's not fun. ideal. No, no. It's funny when you go to, it's actually mainly in the States, I find a few restaurants in, in Canada, but, um, when it tells you the calorie count of the foods, so it's like, you go to a restaurant and you see, it's like this little pasta dish and it's like 1200 calories. And you're like, what? How is no, that even it's possible? Terrible. It's devastating. Yeah. That calorie density. Seriously. It's all the so oil. There you go. If you were going to follow that rule and uh, stick to a calorie exactly. deficit, you'd get one pasta. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. That's one your pasta day. and water with Mio squirts. <laughs> um, okay. Next one here. Oh, I like this. Uh, food, uh, certain foods to boost your metabolism. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, so I think this is mostly popular because your metabolism and your ability to kind of control it, I think, is just so overhyped. So, yes, little things change it a tiny, tiny little bit, but we're talking about like 5, 10%. Um, if you do like extreme weight loss, if you gain an extreme amount of weight, things like that. Um, anything else really isn't going to control it that much, especially certain foods you eat. So I know it's really popular to eat like spicy foods to boost your metabolism. I think if you actually look at how many more calories you're going to burn from something spicy, it's like 1% of, yeah. you know, in that hour or something. So it's probably an extra like three calories that's the same as eating maybe half a mushroom. Um, and that's kind of like everything. So spicy things, things like, I don't know, what's another one? Like lemon something, yeah. acid something. I don't know. There's things that people eat and they think it's going to boost their metabolism. Um, most of them are going to be like zero difference. Some of probably the most spicy foods will be like a 1% increase um, in your metabolism. Is there such thing as actually increasing your metabolism though? 
Not really, no. So actually, okay, yes, there is. Yes, there is. You can increase it a little bit by putting on muscle. So I know people know that you're going to just be able to eat more if you have more muscle, right? So if you're gaining a lot of muscle, you're doing a lot of strength and hypertrophy training, and you end up putting on a significant amount of muscle, you'll be able to eat a little bit more and maintain your weight. Um, But even that isn't as big as people think at all. I think people think if you have muscle, you must just burn things so fast. Again, that's like 5 10% at the very most. So I think there was a study where... If someone put on, they were looking at people who put on like a lot of muscle. So like over the course of a few months, it was like 10 pounds of muscle. So that's really significant. I think they ended up burning about 50 extra calories a day, oh, 50 nothing. to 100, something like that. So yeah. again, half an apple. It's really not that big. So there's not much you can do to control it. The only thing that really affects your metabolism is your weight So if you lose weight, your metabolism goes a bit down, not because you're in starvation mode, but because there's just less of you to move around and there's less to like your, for your blood to pump around your body. It's just easier. That's really the main effect. It's not that exciting. It's like, you're just a lower weight. So you don't have to maintain on as much. There's not really much that's going on in terms of like starvation mode and boosting and muscle and all this magical stuff. So what about when you hear people where it's like, you know, if you eat once a day, your metabolism is shit compared to if you're eating multiple times a day, that's a way to increase your metabolism. Is that a bunch of BS? It absolutely is. I don't know if, is that one? No, it isn't, but that's That's a good good point to add. So that's another thing. So really, um, when you eat, there is something called the thermic effect of food, right? So when you eat, it takes a little bit of energy to digest your food, like 10% or something of the food. This is a lot of numbers. This might be no, really no, boring. But no, anyways, good. it takes a little bit of energy to digest the food. Um, it's just proportional to what you're eating. So yes, you're going to be like burning a little bit of energy once you've had a meal. But if you have a meal um, that's three times as big and didn't space out your meals, then you're just going to be burning three times as much during that meal um, versus, you know, burning a little bit for one meal, then burning a little bit for another meal, burning a little bit for another meal. So that really, it just, it's proportional to the amount of food you're eating, not when you're eating. That makes sense. So, you know, do you think, so why do some people, you know, have this whole idea where, all right, if you're doing intermittent fasting, for example, I only have one meal a day. And people are like, no, 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 you shouldn't have just one meal a day. You should spread it out. Like, why? what is the debate for people having one big meal? And what would be the debate for people having multiple meals spread out throughout the day? So I think, again, it's just a misunderstanding of it's just the overall calories you're eating and not what you're doing. And putting, like, way more emphasis on things like your cells regenerating and yeah. stuff that's happening when you're fasting versus, like, oh, if you're not eating, you're going into starvation mode. Um, I think those are the I big freaking, debates. Just by the way, I hate the term starvation mode oh my god same i even hate the word metabolism it's just like oh my god but yeah i think it's really just two misconceptions the intermittent fasting misconception instead of thinking like i'm just eating less calories because i'm fasting Mm -hmm. they're thinking like well i'm doing something special to my cells and like i'm you know whatever (laughs) blah 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 mitochondria stuff pseudoscience um versus people who think you should spread your meals out they are like so scared of not eating for a few hours and going into starvation mode when neither of those really makes sense it's like you can like whatever one makes you eat less calories and stick to a deficit um if we're talking about like weight loss being the goal not like you should necessarily eat less but if your goal is weight loss which i think is the most common goal people have then like it's not going to matter when you eat or how frequently you eat it's just the amount overall again yeah i mean one of the biggest reasons intermittent fasting works for weight loss is simply because you're restricting your time limit of when you're eating which usually means you're eating less. Exactly. So if you're not eating till one o'clock, then guess what? You most likely skipped breakfast and you most likely are skipping some sort of lunch. So it's just, you're going to be in a caloric deficit. Magic. Exactly. Um, But at the same time, if we're talking about nutrient timing and performance and fitness, I do think there's probably a stronger debate of having, you know, more meals throughout the day. Because if you have a workout, you're going to want to have you know, your post carbs and your post protein, which I know you're really big on. So yes, exactly. And I think it also depends more like how serious you are and also kind of what your overall day looks like. So I guess if you are, 
kind of restricting your calories, um, then obviously it's way more beneficial to have meals around your workout because that's when you'd want your energy, um, exactly. maybe spacing them throughout the day would give you more energy, things like that in terms yeah. of energy. But I think, again, that's also kind of like what works for you because some people say they feel like they have a lot more energy being fasted. So like if you're fasting throughout the day and you feel good and you just feel yeah. better, then I think that's great. And if you like having little meals throughout the day, I think that's great. I mean, I know you love being fasted. <laughs> Don't you? I do not. <laughs> it's terrible. No, it does not. I tried it. <laughs> it yeah. was terrible. Hey, not because I believe in any kind of mitochondria or yeah. cells rejuvenating themselves. Um, just because I feel like if it makes you feel better, then great. And since there's a lot of um, anecdotal evidence, then I thought yeah. I might as well try it. And that's just like evidence where someone says, hey, it made me feel better. So not scientific, but yeah. it's like if it made someone feel better, why not just try it? That was my reasoning didn't like it <laughs> but you and I were t I think I think it was you and I that were talking about you know you hear a lot of these I don't want to call them fad diets because they're not necessarily that but like they'll make you feel better and like oh you get more energy and all these things so of course you and I were like oh well I want more energy why not but we're also probably a lot cleaner eaters than the average person that would benefit from these. So like if you are going to the gym, you know, four to five times a week, if you already are eating clean, I just, it's, I think it's hard to like, the fight. comparison isn't fair, right? It's, it, it, you can't, you can't compare, you know, people who need to lose 50 pounds to be at a healthy weight compared to someone who's already there. They're not going to get the same benefits from like intermittent fasting in terms of energy levels and all that stuff is. Exactly. And I think that's also where kind of a lot of um, misconceptions come For with sure. every diet. I think um, people will say that like they used to be so unhealthy and then they made this change. They went to like, I'll say vegan because I'm Plant, somewhat plant-based so we'll just keep it unbiased so maybe someone was really really um, unhealthy living really badly um, and then they like for example went vegan or maybe they went gluten-free or went keto or went paleo went Atkins went any of these things yep. um, and then they are saying well now I've lost all this weight I feel amazing but you have to compare it to kind of what they were doing before exactly yep. so if they're if you're comparing like a super healthy vegan diet to a typical meat-eating western diet that's not fair if no. you're comparing like a really healthy whole foods, keto diet versus a really typical unhealthy diet, then it's like, that's also not a fair comparison. So a lot yeah. of these things work because you're comparing it to just a very poor diet before. Well, I think this is like a good segue into, um, keto. Just talking about Talk keto. Talk about vegan first. So it's less Do you want Okay. Yes. Cause I see vegan on here. I see keto. <laughs> I put vegan first. Okay. This is the thing. And there was one before that, but I think we'll, we'll touch on these first cause it's a sure. segue. So veganism. We should talk about that first. Okay, so disclaimer. I'm like mainly plant-based, okay? So I'm going to talk about this from a hopefully unbiased kind of perspective. Um, so we're talking about just veganism for health and weight loss. We're not talking about the ethical side because that's a whole different point. And you yep. can't mix those two, right? Yep. So anyways, so all ethics aside, we're just talking about like veganism for health and for weight loss. And wow, I, think I, feel, I love how you feel like you have to make such a disclaimer. I know, I know, because I don't want to offend anyone, you know, and I feel like these things are really like, it's like controversial and sure. political talking about <laughs> keto yeah. and veganism, yeah. but we're going to talk about it anyways. So, um, Again, so first of all, what I was saying about like, I think a lot of people who go vegan compare it to just being super unhealthy and eating like burgers and ice cream and everything before. Um, and then they, when they go vegan, by default, they cut out burgers. They cut out a lot of fast food. They cut out maybe a lot of really high fat, unhealthy dairy. Um, and then they add a lot of vegetables and things. So it's like, is it really that animal products were so bad? Or is it that you just ate more vegetables, maybe ended up eating less because you're eating more volume, so you feel fuller, so you lost a bit of weight, you feel good. Um, yeah, so I think that's a huge thing with going vegan. And then I think also the all or nothing mindset is really prevalent. Again, to be fair, maybe that's due to like ethics and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, thinking that like you have to be, okay, this is kind of the consensus of, dietitians. So you don't have to be fully vegan, but you don't also have to eat tons and tons of animal protein. So you can do either and be perfectly healthy. I think as long as the main portion of your diet is like, like you're including a lot of plant-based foods, you're not going overboard on meat, um, then I think whatever you do with 
like the little part of the rest is kind of up to you. If you decide to be fully vegan, that can be perfectly healthy. And if you decide to include some animal products, I think that can be perfectly healthy. In terms of health, I don't think one is superior as long as you do it right. So yeah. there's that. The moderation thing too. So yeah. like probably tons and tons of red meat isn't great. If you have a little bit, I don't think there's anything health-wise wrong with that. Yeah, and I think the key is just everything in moderation. Exactly. Right? But then, you know, at the same time, then you have people on the exact opposite end of the spectrum where you, th you hear of, like, the whole carnivore diet, which is just 100% meat-based. <laughs> yeah. And people are like, I feel amazing on this. And it's like, you, if, same, same debate. If you were eating, like, an asshole before and having... <laughs> You know, it's a good McDonald's way and all that, and then you go to just meat. Yeah, you're still probably going to feel better on that diet. Oh, yeah. And I think that also goes with cutting out carbs and stuff. Like, I know lots of people feel really good when they do, and I think that is very valid. Um, I think a main part of that also is just you were eating probably a lot of really unhealthy processed sugary things. So by default, when yeah. you cut out carbs, you cut out like pastries, you cut out a lot of sweets, you cut out candy and sugary things like that. You cut out white bread, you cut out like croissants. Um, so by default, you're going to feel very good. Um, but I, and I don't think either are bad. Like I think if you're going vegan and it works for you, even if you just cut things out by default, yeah. then that's great. If you're going keto and it works for you, even because you cut out bad things by default, I think if it's better than what you're eating before, then that's just amazing regardless of like the science. Yeah. So. It's what works best for you. Exactly. But I think, you know, what I noticed too, the, the way you worded it is you didn't necessarily say I'm a vegan. It's like, I primarily eat plant-based foods. Exactly. And I, I think that's a big difference is like, don't necessarily always put a label on what you're doing or how you're eating. Will is really big on this. Yeah. Cause like, let's say you do have an egg white. All of a sudden people are like, oh, well you said you were vegan. You're not oh vegan. Oh my God. It's, it's like, terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Moderation. Moderation. It's a good thing. That's it. That's it. Uh, okay. So now talking about uh, diets, keto. We talked about keto. Did we? Well, yeah, like low carb. Low carb. So basically the whole default thing, right? It works because you cut out all this okay. processed carbs, white bread stuff. You feel good. Yeah. I think there's probably some validity to the fact that when you do eat really low carb, yeah, you make ketones in your blood. Um, so those suppress your appetite and they give you some more like sustainable energy. That's kind of the theory. That's yeah. what like, you know biology would say so I think that some people when they do eat like that like they just feel like they have more sustainable energy they feel like higher fat foods for them is way more satiating and they just feel satisfied and they feel full they don't have these energy spikes they don't have cravings like they just feel a lot better so I think I think the main message is like for these extreme diets just like just try it I don't yeah. think there's any harm in trying it and if you happen to feel really good you have less cravings and you don't want to overeat as much and you feel like your energy is sustainable throughout the day, then I think that's great. Yeah. I just don't think there's necessarily for everyone going to be, I think the misconception is like, don't think that just because you cut out carbs and you're in ketosis that you can eat as much as you want. You can eat all the unhealthy keto foods yeah. and all like whatever and just be in a calorie surplus basically and still lose weight just cause keto, yeah. you know, that's. Yeah, I think the only thing. Like, you still have to be in a calorie deficit, but, like, for some people, it helps you be in a calorie deficit. Or you still have to eat healthy. For some people, it helps you eat healthier. Yeah, I mean, shameless plug, because this is a, a podcast brought to you by Movement Strength. But, like, one of the things I love about our movement method is because it's personalized to the individual, they can come in with already, like, ideal diets that they're following. So, once again, I'm thinking of your client, Maria, because when I was talking with her, that's one of the things she really liked is she's like, you know, when I joined and I was working one-on-one -on -one with Anna, um, I am keto and I've been keto for two years and I've had a lot of success from it. This is what I'm obviously paraphrasing, but she's like, I really liked that Anna did the research and just worked with me on what I was already doing. And the big change I made was I started to eat more whole foods rather than processed foods. So, um, yeah, it's cool that like, you're just going to, you're going to work with people on what's going to work best with them. It might be vegan for some people. It might be keto for other people. It might be carnivore for other people. <laughs> exactly. Cause if it's working for you, then great. Exactly. Right. I wouldn't go and tell everyone you should be keto or you should be no. vegan, but if it's working for you, then let's work with it. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, okay. This is going to be a good one. I think I'm excited for it. Gluten-free products. 
Okay, this might not be actually as much of a good one as you think. I don't uh-huh. feel like there's actually a lot to be said for this one. I feel like... So it's good then? It makes sense? No. It's, oh, okay, okay. Okay, no, I shouldn't say that. No, I was meaning not to say no or yes. Okay, so... <laughs> Another thing, no, I think for certain diets, maybe there's some good things and some bad things. Um, for gluten-free, it's really only valid for celiac. So this is me talking from a very strictly like research perspective. There is absolutely no reason that you would need to cut out gluten if you don't have celiac disease. So if you're not severely allergic to gluten, then cutting out gluten doesn't help you. And there's been tons and tons of research studies um, where you know you get tons of people trying to lose weight, um, you give half of them a really high gluten diet, give half of them a really low gluten or gluten-free diet, see if there's any difference. And obviously when, or maybe not obviously, when the calories are at the exact same, there is no difference. Um, And that's in terms of weight loss. That's in terms of if the weight was fat loss or muscle loss, that's like kind of their energy levels. So in any well-controlled study, and there's been quite a lot because it's like a really popular thing, right? So tons of research on gluten-free, no benefits is the consensus um, unless you have celiac disease. Again, maybe it would help you cut out like beer and then by default, just like keto and vegan, like you would feel better. Um, And I think it's really important to note too that with like vegan, keto, gluten-free, paleo, whatever, there was a lot of anecdotal evidence. So Don't confuse that with scientific evidence. So someone saying, I ate gluten-free and I feel better, that's not scientific. Like that is not evidence because you have no idea what else they were doing in their life. And I think actually I should probably say this too. Like I'll just say what I mean by like research because like I didn't know what research was before my degree. I just mean like legitimate papers by academic people who are specializing in this area, who do a huge experiment, right? So it's well-controlled, basically, just like the gluten example. You just give half people the thing. Don't give half of the people the thing. Really see what the difference is and make sure you're controlling for everything else. So make sure, you know, they don't start an exercise program at the same time. They're not, like, eating different amounts of calories. They're not doing something that's totally different. Um, And that's kind of how you know if something's legit or not. But obviously not everyone is going to be reading research or having, you know, access to research. So that's just what I mean by the research. I mean, it's, like, legit scholarly articles on this stuff. Everything's well-controlled. It's not just a person in their life telling you something like it it could you know it's not me (laughs) trying gluten-free and then writing about it on my fitness blog yes exactly that is not instagrammers even there's another unbiased thing don't listen like yeah don't necessarily listen to yeah those things well you know and i think you you hit the nail on the head with when it's like you hear a lot of people who are like yeah i went gluten-free and i feel absolutely amazing it's like well you probably cut out a lot of shit. You, you probably, probably weren't did. eating as much white bread. You probably weren't having beer. A lot of these other snacks that, you know, quote unquote, contain gluten. Yes. So exactly. there's so many other things that go into it. So many other things. Good. Love so it. many variables. That's what you can, that's what you'd call it in a, in the research world. Too many variables that are uncontrolled. Uh, this one's going to be fun. Apple cider vinegar. Okay, I'm gonna try not to go on too much for this one. No, so just I go think on. the okay. So I think the popular use of apple cider vinegar is first of all for digestion, and then second of all for like eliminating fat or cellulite. So I think the first thing. So yeah, I'm trying not to sound like condescending. Okay, so I think one popular use is like drinking it for digestion, right? And you think about, like, what's the, what's the premise behind that? Why are people doing this? So I think it's because, like, your stomach is acidic, mm-hmm. breaks down food, digestion. So if you add some more acid, like, apple cider vinegar is acidic. So that should help break down food. But when you kind of think about it, like, your stomach acid is hydrochloric acid. That is really, really strong acid. So obviously, when you put food in it, it dissolves in a few hours. If you put food in vinegar, it doesn't dissolve in a few hours. Like, Apple cider vinegar is just acetic acid, so that's a really, really weak acid. So if you have this huge, strong stomach of hydrochloric acid, then why would adding a tiny little bit of a much, much weaker acid help you in any way? When in reality, your stomach acid is probably just fine and doesn't need help um, dissolving your food. So that's the first thing, digestion. The second thing is weight loss. So I think some people drink it and think it will help like burn fat. Again, if we look at the research, this has been researched for some reason. Someone thought this might be legit, did a big study on it. Um, The only thing 
that they found was that it helps some people decrease their appetite because it makes you feel a little bit nauseous. So if you take <laughs> Actually, your, was yes. that, I would love to see how that was, how it was written in a scientific way though. It was, yeah, it was just basically the only um, significant finding um, of a difference between apple cider vinegar versus people who do not take apple cider vinegar is that people who take it might feel a little bit nauseous because, you know, you're drinking pure vinegar. Again, it's just not that groundbreaking. I can think of better ways to decrease your appetite. Yeah. but So that's kind of the only legitimate thing behind apple cider vinegar. Probably so, not going to help weight loss. So like when people are like, yeah, I take a shot of apple cider vinegar in the morning, you would say, like, why? You know what? If it's making you feel nauseous and eat less, then you go. <laughs> sure, sure. If your goal is weight loss. If it's giving you that placebo effect that you feel great, hey, placebo effect's real. Yeah, it really, it literally is. Exactly. It is. So maybe don't listen to this podcast. It's just going to ruin all the placebo. <laughs> I know. I know. It's kind of disappointing, really, because these things are nice to believe, right? Oh, it's like, okay. it's nice to think you can take, like, a little shot of apple cider vinegar. Like, yeah. how I would feel great doing that. I'd be like, wow, I'm doing good things for my health. Well, and then, and just, then yeah. you have, um, I, I don't know what the company is, Goalie, G-O-L-I, I think. Anyways, they're, um, they have, like, a lot of, uh, like star power behind them. Like I think Ellen was really pushing them for a while and they're like gummies that are apple cider vinegar. So people oh, are like, no. oh, it's yummy tasting apple cider vinegar. Terrible. Yeah. So people are just going hog wild. Apple cider vinegar gummies. I haven't actually heard of those, but I imagine that would even take away the effects of Absolutely. making you nauseous. Absolutely. I'm kidding, by the way. I don't think taking something to make yourself nauseous and eat less <laughs> is good at all. Like that's very not good. Uh, was there one about the cellulite? Oh, yeah. Because so this is my favorite one. <laughs> so I know um, instead of actually consuming the apple cider vinegar, some people will just take a little bit and rub it on their cellulite and think that it will eliminate it. I don't have much to say for that one because I don't think any academic has ever thought that that might be a decent idea and done a study on it because no one would even have, <laughs> like, would consider that idea in the first place. I don't even think I need to explain why that's not going to work. No. But do you know what? And I think it's... Like we're giggling back and forth and we're, we're not meaning to come across as like insensitive or things like that. Yeah. But like, you know, if depending who you're following on Instagram, what blogs you're reading, you're obviously most likely not reading these scientific papers. Like if you trust an individual and they're like, yeah, rub apple cider vinegar on your cellulite and it's going to disappear. <laughs> if you trust them, you might be like, you know what? Uh, why not? Like, let's give it a try. Um, so the reason that we snicker is it's just like, ah, being in the industry, we see this all the time and we have to shake our head, but we know some people just don't know any better. Oh, absolutely. And I don't think like saying, like, if you believe in any of these things, like we're not saying you're dumb at no, all. Like I believe not. in probably most of these things. I'm not going to lie before I got my degree. So I don't think it's common knowledge to know these <laughs> things. Bathing in apple cider vinegar. I know. I loved it. I just loved it all. I was I like, oh it. my God, like lemon water, Ooh. apple cider vinegar, green juice. Like this is just the life, like, you know, whatever, all the different things. Um, and it's just kind of nice to like think it all is true because it's all just kind of nice little easy things to do. That's the thing. So it's, it's, it's easy, easy stuff that you don't need to feel like, easy. oh, I don't need to go to the gym. I can right? drink apple cider vinegar I and think, lemon water. Boom. Terrible. But yeah, and it was so disappointing, honestly, going through my undergrad and my master's and learning like, oh, none of this is legit. Like it yeah. was really like finding out Santa Claus didn't exist. But back to our main point, like it's a very common knowledge and there's a yeah. lot of misconceptions and it's really pushed like on Instagram and on everywhere. Absolutely. So if you believe these things, like probably most, a lot of people do too. So we're not saying like it's dumb to believe them. No. Like it just means that like Maybe you have not gotten a degree in nutrition. Maybe you haven't been a coach for multiple years. So yeah. it's like you just, you would, a lot of people wouldn't know. So it's very common. Yeah. Um, it's not, you know, yeah. No. And if it makes you happy anyone. and you think it's working for you, then you do you. Yeah. You do you. You do you. Lemon water. Okay. So this one is going to upset a lot of people. I'm so sorry. But, but this is the thing. Okay. I think one thing to say about lemon water is that it's definitely not bad. I think if you're putting some lemon juice in water, I think people do it maybe for digestion again. I think digestion and fat loss is the main reason people do it. Sure. I know digestion is. I think fat loss is a thing too. But anyways. Probably. 
cellulite, they rub it on their bodies. Cellulite, yeah. balance your hormones. Everything. Metabolism. Um, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Metabolism. Starvation mode. Avoid starvation say. mode by drinking lemon water. No, okay, so this is the thing. Like, if you're putting some lemon juice in water, and it's making you drink more water, that's not bad. It's also just drinking water. Like, if you're drinking water, that's great. Lemons aren't bad for you. They're probably somewhat good for you. So if you have some lemon juice in some water, like there's definitely nothing bad. Don't necessarily stop doing it. Mm. It's just not any better than drinking plain water. Because again, let's just think about this. So we have, for doing it for digestion, like what is in a lemon? It's just, it's just citric acid. So just like acetic acid in apple cider vinegar, it's a really weak acid. So adding a few drops of that then diluting it with water, adding that to your already very acidic stomach, it's not going to help your digestion. Yeah. It's not, and if you think about it as well, like yeah. even if you get pure lemon juice and put some food in it, it's not going to dissolve it in a few hours. So what do you think a few drops in water is going to do? <laughs> I wonder if, because um, I know lemons and limes have quite a bit of vitamin C. Yeah. I don't know, but once again, I don't know if you're squeezing lemon juice or limes into your water how much vitamin c you'd be you'd be getting from that anyways but so that might be it might be maybe i also like to say about that too oh so, yes no so, yes just crap so, on it if so vitamin c also not bad it's not like you can overdo vitamin c um and having more is probably just fine <laughs> having enough is good having more than you need is fine vitamin c deficiency is so, so rare. Like most people get way more than enough vitamin C. And again, exactly like you said, yeah. how much are you gonna get from a drop of lemon? I think it's around the same as like orange juice. So yeah. a few drops of orange juice, it might be, you know, 1%. <laughs> You're probably already getting enough vitamin C too. So I don't think most people in Canada need to ever worry about that. So you know what? We should find something nice to say about lemon water because I know a lot of people Taste. like lemon water. Hey, no, it's, if, if it's going to help you drink more water, yeah. then I don't care what you put in it. That's Yeah, I know. I don't know if that's a good enough reason. I should have gone with the vitamin C thing. I'm sorry, guys. If you like lemon water, you don't have to believe me and you don't have to stop drinking it. It's yeah, not like no. it's going to hurt you. It's no. not worse. It's just not better than regular water. Um, no, I, don't, I was going to ask about like vitamin D. Do you think a lot of people should be taking vitamin T supplements? Oh, okay. So that's something I do think is legit. So okay. I think in Canada, this, again, it's, it's good. I know we're shitting on a lot of things. So yes, at least here's like throw, a legit one. Yeah, here's a lifeline. Let's throw some yeah. hope with vitamin D. Yeah, good idea. So I think there is a lot of um, valid reasons to be taking it if you're living in Canada, right? So if you're living somewhere that isn't super sunny, then yeah, a lot of us are vitamin D deficient just because we don't get enough sun. Yeah. So I think, yeah, taking vitamin D is supposed to be helpful. I know it helps you absorb calcium, so you're not going to screw over your bones. Also, there's some new research. I can't say this for sure, because I think it's all really new, but there's a lot of studies now showing like taking way more than the recommended dose, and it might be helpful for like depression or yeah. like mental health things, um, for your skin, for, I don't know, other things. That's all I know of it yeah. right now. Like 5,000 so is what they're saying. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, it's a lot, which is like, yeah. you know, I think the recommended amount is 1,000. Yeah. So taking like 5,000. Some people even take 10,000, like yeah. some dietitians and doctors do. So it's kind of, it's cool and it's promising. So if it's linked to like mental health and it might be like the thing from the sun that makes you feel better, yeah. then yeah. So I think there is, it could be legit for other things. Definitely legit just to avoid deficiencies and avoid, yeah. you know, osteoporosis to take the recommended supplement. I think for sure. Do it. No, it, I don't know why I'm thinking this, but I've but. seen there's this one fitness guy I follow who's like very scientific and I, I'm assuming you probably haven't done research. Jeff on, Nippard? No, no. Ben Greenfield. Oh yeah. Okay. Do you know who this is? Yeah. I've seen a few of his, I think his YouTube videos. Yeah. He's very like, yeah. Anyways. Um, he is, his, <laughs> he did this one post where he's really big on getting like natural sunlight in the morning. So you go outside naked and all this, but there's like, getting direct sunlight into your butthole. <laughs> Have you ever seen these posts? No. Yeah. And it's like legit. There's people like if you just maybe don't Google okay. sunlight in your that butthole, but the legit people are like outside getting sunlight in their butthole. That's just scary. It shows yeah. you that people believe these well, things. Well, this is, I've done <laughs> zero research on this. I don't, it might be, maybe it works. Maybe it works. But if you have an apartment, don't, don't go out in your balcony. Oh, geez. That, yeah, that's concerning. Your, I yeah. wonder what the ideology is behind that. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to know. That'll be the next podcast next topic. Next podcast. Uh, celery juice. 
Okay, another thing. So just like this is probably uh, a quick one. Yeah. This is a quick one. Just like lemon water. I know this was a really popular one, so I think it's kind of slightly important to cover. Lots of people juicing celery and thinking that it's just going to give them tons and tons of nutrients. Obviously, juicing celery is no better than eating celery. So it's not bad if you're having celery juice, but why wouldn't you just eat the whole celery? Because one main really good thing about celery is that it has so much fiber in it. So, you know, prevent cancer, make you feel fuller. Yeah. make you eat less junky stuff. Um, so why would getting rid of the fiber all of a sudden make it magical? I understand maybe if you have like Crohn's disease and you can't take in that much fiber, then having, having some celery juice might be good. But I think people kind of forget that one of the main benefits of having vegetables and fruits is because of the fiber. So like juicing things, taking the fiber out is really not great. Not as good as eating the whole thing. So not bad. Celery juice, it's not bad. It's just not as good as eating the whole celery, I don't think, or any better. So is that, I know you kind of talked about green juice before. Is yeah. that the whole thing as well? It's like, yeah, green juice isn't bad, but just keep in mind you're taking out a lot of the sugar, or sorry, a lot of the fiber, and you're keeping in a lot of the sugar. Yes, exactly. And I can also think of like green juice, I guess, and celery juice, um, and how it might benefit people who really just hate vegetables so much. Yeah. So if maybe your main concern is that you don't eat enough vegetables, you think you might be nutrient deficient, yeah. um, if you are not going to eat, if you're not going to eat um, the full vegetables, no matter what, then maybe having the juice in comparison to having nothing yeah. would be better for sure. But I think most people who drink green juice are people who eat enough vegetables and eat enough balanced food anyways. So, so would you say that you're a bigger fan of like smoothies and blending than you are juicing? Yes. For health reasons. Yes. For weight loss reasons, it's still just probably not going to fill you up as much. So I gotcha. think, you know, if you're trying to lose weight, I really don't think juice and smoothies is the way to go because yeah. you're just liquefying all your calories. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of like health, if your goal is not weight loss or fat loss, um, then I think definitely blend it up, blend up the spinach instead of juicing it. So we got about 15, 20 minutes because I know you have a class. There's some really big ones on here. That okay, I pick think the we'll, ones. Pick we'll, the best ones. Well, but no, no, no. We can we can fly through the other ones. Skinny tea and uh, hair vitamin gummies. Okay, okay. We'll go <laughs> with skinny tea first. Skinny tea is such a good one. This is a really good one to just roast. Although I don't, I think this one is um, becoming a less common belief. I think yeah, a lot of people yeah. are aware, but again, some people aren't, and there's still a lot of celebrities um, endorsing skinny tea to lose weight. So let's think about how skinny tea works. So skinny tea is generally a laxative, right? So when you digest food, food goes to your small intestine. That's where you absorb the calories for the most part. Then it goes to your large intestine. Then you, that's where you absorb the water, right? So laxatives just work on your large intestine and your ability to absorb water. They don't affect the calories. So oh. your foods, you've already absorbed all the calories. And then it's just all like the waste sitting in your bowels waiting to be excreted instead of your body reabsorbing the water. Laxatives don't let your body do that. So it just creates a lot of really watery poop. <laughs> so instead of pooping a normal poop later on, you're just going to poop it right away. So it's like a lot of volume. There's a lot of water. You really feel like you're flushing things out when it's like, that was just the waste that was going to go anyways. You didn't affect the calories. So if let's say I ate like a big bowl of pasta and there was some like a little bit of fiber in there. I don't know. Like I've already absorbed all the fat and the carbs and the calories from the pasta. And then when like the waste part is sitting in my large intestine, if I drink some skinny tea, we're just going to make sure there's a lot of water in that waste um, and I just would excrete it way faster because it's all watery and I'd feel like I'm you know detoxing getting rid of the stuff when like I really didn't get rid of any calories um, and it's just <laughs> it's not that great if you think about it like no. yeah I do think that like you know if you're taking that stuff maybe before like a photo shoot or like before like a sure. really important event like maybe you just feel so bloated and you want a little last minute thing and you just want to kind of like you do want to flush things out yeah. like you don't want to feel bloated you just have all this poop inside you you want to get rid of it then like sure as like a one-time last minute kind of thing like I guess that somewhat makes sense I still don't think it's great for you but by that kind of means I think it has a little bit more validity yeah so like a last minute kind of thing if you just feel so bloated but obviously for any kind of actual weight loss it's not going to have any effect on like fat loss per se it's going to be water loss it's going to be so Bloat it'll be weight loss, loss. Yeah, sure. but it'll be weight not loss. sustained weight loss. Yeah, weight loss for a day. That's right. That's all water yeah. and bloat. Yep. And the thing about that too is like, just be careful if you're taking it for a shoot, let's say, or like you're like, oh, I want to look good at my wedding. Uh, 
you you have no idea how it's going to work either. Yeah. So like <laughs> maybe the effects will happen mid ceremony. Like that wouldn't be fun. <laughs> Not fun. Or you're about to do some crazy shoot and like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Too fun. risky. Yeah. High risk, low reward. Exactly. I think. Exactly. Uh, hair vitamin gummies. Hair vitamin gummies. Okay. So I think this people... is the one, this is the one Caitlin, Caitlin loves hair. Vitamin okay. Gummies. So this is the thing. So hair vitamin gummies have things like collagen. Um, they have biotin, right? Those are kind of the two main ingredients. Um, so if you're deficient in that stuff, then, and your hair is like kind of brittle, maybe you're, maybe you're dieting and you're eating really low calories. Maybe you're very like deficient in to, things. I like how you're trying and to like no, really no, I'm not even it. listening to you. Okay, you maybe, totally <laughs> maybe if, you know, if you're deficient in those things, then t- supplementing with those things will make your hair less brittle. But most people are not deficient in those things, okay? Most yeah. people aren't deficient in biotin or collagen. Most people eat enough food and have enough of that from their everyday diet, if not more than enough. So taking those things will probably not help you um, because unless you're deficient. It's like a lot of supplements. They're not going to help you unless you're deficient, and most people aren't deficient. So having 100% of biotin from your daily diet is just the same as having 105% from your diet plus a little a little bit from the gummies. So really, unless you're a very malnourished person, yeah. then um, having those vitamins probably will not do anything for you Yes, and your hair, Yes, unfortunately. It, it, honestly, the reason I think Caitlin likes them, and not going to lie, I'll have them too. Because they taste good? Because they, they taste good. It's like same. a gummy bear. Why the heck would <laughs> yeah. I not want it? Yeah. So Yeah, I, I have some of them too, just from a sponsor. They gave me some for free. I won't say which sponsor, but they gave me some for free. And like, I eat them just because I didn't have to pay for them. Yeah. Um, and, and they're not going to do anything bad for you. Yeah. We should say that. They're not going to do anything bad for you, um, but they're just not going to be probably useful. Yeah. So if you don't have to spend money on them and <laughs> you get them for free, they taste good. <laughs> you can afford the gummy calories, then why not? Um, okay, so here's the, uh, the big one. So artificial sweeteners. Okay, this one we might have to cut out because there is some, well, honestly, there's no real debate in the scientific world. In the real world, there's a lot of debate about this. Okay, so. So this isn't scientific research then? This is. Oh, this is. Yes, the only disputes are non-scientific. Gotcha. That's a very big claim. (laughs) What? Is it? Is it? You know, well, no, okay, that's not true. There are some disputes, but the general consensus is that, okay, most people in the scientific world agree with them. Okay. Very few people think they're bad. And yep. if they, there have been studies on kind of the negative effects of them, people have reviewed those studies and been like, this is very unlegit. So let's talk about this. Okay, so yeah. artificial sweeteners. So people think that artificial sweeteners will give you cancer, right? These things are like so, so researched and so controlled by like the FDA, by Health Canada, like we're very like, like we have been very concerned about these things in the past and to make sure that they are safe to put in food, like people have done tons and tons and tons of research on them. So all the research on them shows that on animals, like if you give them the amount that any human eats, it's gonna have no effect. Even if you give them 10 times the amount, it still has no effect. It's not until you get up to what would be like thousands of packets of sweetener or thousands of cans of Diet Coke or sugar-free drinks that there's any kind of risk for getting a tumor. So before that, like not a single study has ever shown that in the amounts that people eat, you are putting yourself at risk at all. So like I would have to have probably a few thousand cans of Diet Coke in order to have any significant risk. Right. Hmm. Um, Then you could say that like even a one in a hundred thousand chance of getting cancer, you don't want to go there. And I think that's fair. Sure. You know, I think I don't think they're good. I'm not saying if you don't already eat them, you should. I'm just saying that if you do drink Diet Coke, like don't feel bad about it and don't think you're giving yourself cancer because you'd probably have to have like another 2,000 more before there was any kind of risk. So I'm not saying they're good. I'm not saying you should eat them. I'm not saying if you don't want to take any risk then that's, I think that's valid if you don't want to take any risk. Um, I'm just saying they're not nearly as dangerous as people think. Um, so maybe it just comes down to like your risk tolerance. If you're okay with one in 100,000 chance of getting cancer, 
cool. If you are not okay with that risk, then like I, I think that's fair. If you don't want any risk, it's probably no harm at all. Definitely no harm in just not drinking them ever. But. So, okay, how about this? Has there been more research that like real sugar is worse for you than artificial sweeteners? Like, is there a bigger chance that I'm going to get something really not good for me if I'm drinking normal Coke as compared to diet as compared to diet Coke? Yes. Definitely. So excess sugar, again, it just comes down to it makes it so easy to overeat calories, right? And if you're eating an excess in calories, which is so easy to do if you're drinking it, it's not going to fill you up. You're probably going to, um, you know, end up eating more calories than you need. You're going to end up putting on fat. Sugar especially is makes you gain more fat, obviously, yeah. than muscle and stomach fat specifically. Sugar is kind of more linked to that. Um, and then having an excess of stomach fat is linked to things like artery disease, heart disease, you know, cancer, diabetes, yep. like all of those things, which is way, way, way more stronger common. correlation and mm -hmm. more common than like developing cancer, which is not mm -hmm. common at all. It's actually never been shown unless like you have an animal in a lab and you gave them like 10,000 equivalents of, you know, equivalents of like a few thousand diet cokes, then yeah, they, they have grown some tumors but I mean I feel like that chance is so you do that small with anything you give them a thousand of anything who knows exactly what's happen. yeah exactly so yes I'd say sugar is much much worse I know that's a big one there was this uh we went to this one conference and there was this doctor Dr. Trevor Cashy um who's like just legit and he had he went on this massive tangent about artificial sweeteners and he also he like went on a massive tangent about like the starvation diet and how it's just stupid and doesn't make any sense. What was what was he saying? Was he for artificial sweeteners or against no, them? No, no, no. He was he was he was for, for them, of he course, because so anyone who, who's scientific would be for them. Exactly. He was like drinking a big bottle, like a massive two-liter bottle of uh, diet Dr Pepper. Yes, what a king. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's just like chugging this whole thing back, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. For, I forget what the exact premise of the of the research was, but I know he was like. It's fine. Artificial it's fine. sweeteners is a better option than real sugar. Way better. Take so. your one in a hundred thousand chance over, you know, your very likely chance yeah. of increasing obesity. your stomach fat and obesity and everything. And then an equally controversial one is probably natural versus unnatural things. And I think this is actually very similar to artificial sweeteners anyways. Yeah, absolutely. So I think like looking at um, things like aspartame and whatever ingredients like that, when you're looking at a package or a can, um, it looks scarier than it actually is. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, I'm trying to figure out how to say this in a nice way. Yeah, okay, so I think Don't that, say it in a nice okay, way. okay, I'm not going to say it in a nice <laughs> way. So really, natural does not necessarily mean healthy, and unnatural does not mean unhealthy. So if we look at a really extreme example, like poison ivy is natural, but if you eat it, it will kill you. And, um, like a lot of antibiotics are synthesized in a lab, but they will save your life. So it's not right. They're unnatural. So it's not like unnatural is going to be bad for you in that case. Natural is not healthy. Unnatural is healthy. Um, and I think that's true with like artificial sweeteners or a lot of like additives in food. People don't actually know any of the research behind them and don't yeah. know these things are so tested and so safe. And they just look at the words and they're like, oh my God, like things I can't pronounce, unnatural, like I don't want to eat it. But it's like, do you actually know what those things are? Do you actually know what happens when you eat them? Do you know that there's probably nothing going to happen to you and that these are so safe and so tested? Um, kind of with unnatural things, I think that's kind of, yeah. yeah, what people think. And I think it's also just like being influenced by just the sound of the word. So if you read like aspartame, it, it just sounds scary, but like it's not. You could also look at something like pantothenic acid, like that sounds scary. It's just a B vitamin, mm -hmm. which is like a common ingredient in, you know, like energy drinks or Diet Coke. Like you look at these things, they sound scary. In reality, they're probably just useless vitamins or sweeteners that have been very tested. So really not necessarily bad. And I think that goes the same way the other way around so natural things are not necessarily healthy mm. so if like I think a lot of packaged foods are marketed as being healthy just because they're all natural so you'll get like protein bars or chocolate bars or like um, chocolates or like just little snacky things or granola and they'll say like all natural and it just looks healthy because it's like all natural granola, that looks nice. But then if you actually look at like the nutrition facts or what's in it, it really, it's like super, super high in sugar. It mm -hmm. might be super high in saturated fat. Um, so really the ingredients are not much better 
and the nutrition is like absolutely no better than like eating candy or eating chocolate. It's just kind of, again, just being influenced by what things sound like in the package and what the ingredients look like. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Like my background. So it's it's funny, right? Your background is nutrition. My background is marketing, sales and advertising. (laughs) And like, I know that there's like, there's a lot of things people will do for packaging or words that will play on people's emotions. So if we know as a whatever distributor that the word, you know, gluten-free apple cider vinegar natural is what people are looking for. Do you not think that's going to be on the packaging, right? To attract people. Yes. Or you'll see a lot of the times, even colors like the color green is associated with natural. So you'll see natural ingredients is usually written in green writing or it has a green background because it's going to catch your eye and you're going to be like, Oh, it's natural ingredients in this Mars bar. It must be healthy for me. So sneaky green. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah that would that would have gotten me a few years ago. Seeing like oh, granola yeah. in a green package, all natural. I'd be like, yes. When in reality, I'm eating like 50 grams of sugar. Yeah. Well, even just so I'm holding up a protein bar right now. Like when you look at this here, right? Like yeah. and it's showing you the calorie count. Calories. So on this protein bar, it says 19 grams of protein, two grams of sugar, 180 calories, and it's all written in green. Because when I'm reading that, like my first thing is like, oh, I see green. Okay, this is must. Healthy. Somewhat healthy Good. For me. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's true. So be aware of that. If you're thinking of like some little snacks you have or some packages that are all natural or gluten-free, yep. then like go look at those yep. ingredients. Look at the amount of sugar. Look at the amount of saturated fat. I think dietitians call that health halos. So when uh, you say like gluten-free, it has this health halo, yeah. which is just like we associate it with being healthy for absolutely no reason. Yeah. Um, I think you already kind of touched on it, but when I was looking at this protein bar earlier and I'm like... It's really good, but there's a lot of words on here I can't pronounce. Yeah. Like, I, what's the first one? Uh, malatolo syrup? Maltitol? 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 Is that what it would be? Okay, so this is probably not a good example because I think that's just sugar. Oh. That's just sugar. Okay. So you know what? But it could be <laughs> pick one that's like a vitamin. Gelatin? Well, I mean, it's not bad. So here's Gelserian, the thing. Yeah. So you're protein? talking about maltitol. Oh, no. Like, whatever. It's just sugar. Like, okay, still not great for you, but you don't have to look at it. This yeah. is not good because we were just roasting sugar. But I mean, that's, okay, <laughs> but but you can see that like, even though it sounds scary, it's just sugar. So it's not going to hurt you unless you eat tons of it, you know? Yeah. Okay, what's another one? Uh, I do not know what it is. Well, no, it's like tapioca, starch. There's that a, might be scary. If you don't know what tapioca is, no, that's... Ta- oh, titanium dioxide oh, i don't actually know what that is i think it's probably just a preservative which again has yeah. probably been so tested and probably in such insignificant amounts that's yeah. the thing too these little additives and preservatives are like in such small amounts and amounts that like the fda knows will not harm you like the world is not like out to get you and no. add these things in your food like health canada is very on it they're like don't put things in food that's going to harm people so you can just trust them and don't think that like everyone's out to get you and all these scary things are being added. It's like, no, like the country knows of these things and they're going to make sure that they're not being added. So like any scary thing you can't pronounce, just rest assured that it's probably in very small quantities and has probably been very tested and probably will not harm you. So does it drive you crazy then when people are like, like you'll be asking someone about, Oh, like what, like how was your weekend? And they're like, Oh, you know, I ate, I ate really clean. Like I did have cake, but like it was gluten free, so it's okay. I know, terrible. <laughs> all, it's it terrible. Happens all the time. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Um, I think that's it. That's yes, it. That's, that's it. all. That was really good. I really, really thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I did too. It is was there, fun. Is there any uh, final points you have? I feel like your closing argument was already really strong, but is there anything else that you want to touch upon? I don't think so. It was fun to rant. Thanks for letting me rant again. Yes. I'm not saying any. We're not saying anyone is dumb for believing these that's things. Right. Like these are very common misconceptions. I think probably I would say like 70, 80% of people believe most of them. Sure. I think probably most people believe at least one of them. So these are like common things that most people don't know. So if you believe in them, that's like very, very reasonable. I think a lot of people do. Um, yeah. We didn't talk about obvious ones yeah. because it just wouldn't be helpful. So that's why we're kind of talking about ones that a lot of people believe yeah. to kind of, you know, try to actually be helpful. So if you believe these, probably a lot of people do too. We're not trying to be condescending. I'm not saying that everyone should know this. Um, I'm not saying nice. everyone should have experience no. in this field like we do. I'm not saying everyone should have a degree. Um, yeah. So it just, we're just kind of saying be like, be careful of where you get your information. So I think like, obviously the, the ideal in an ideal world, I would say just do your own research, understand what's in things and like 
understand how to critique scholarly articles and make your own decisions, but not everyone's gonna do that. So just no. be careful where you get your information. Make sure it's from like someone who is a professional who you trust and who has your best interest, not just like an Instagrammer or a mom blogger or something. This is just, a, once again, shameless plug. Like this is why it's important to have a coach. Yes, exactly. If you have someone that's trusted that you're working with, that can be like, that's a bunch of BS. Do this instead. Just eat whole clean foods, blah, blah, blah. Like that's, that's what you need. You do. Cause there's so many misconceptions. Absolutely. Like so many. It's impossible to kind of know all of them yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, you have a class to go and teach. I do in this, six minutes. In six, <laughs> That's oh, ideal. So we got time. We got lots of time. Uh, anyways, once again, thank you for taking time. Really appreciate it. Thank you for well, letting me rant. Appreciate you. Appreciate you guys for listening. If we'll you made it this to, far. We'll have to get you back. Oh, they, they will for sure. We'll have to get you back on on something else. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Anyways, thank you guys all so much for listening. If you got value from this podcast, please feel free to share it with any friends, family. Uh, go ahead and please rate us the five stars on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to. Um, it really helps us out. With all that being said, have the best day ever and bye for now. Love you guys.